1: Let your snacks be heard. Just go to frito to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Thweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official
2: rules at frito Hello,
1: friends. Welcome to Madison Moneyball Group Therapy coming to you just after midnight on January 15th following one of the more... Satisfying wins of the season. After a, uh, I don't know, a rightful week of Memphis Grizzlies coverage where they've been riding an 11 game win streak, the stumbling, rumbling, bumbling Dallas Mavs came to town and absolutely pantsed the home team. Granted, the Grizzlies had played eight games in 12 nights, but that's life in the NBA. Luka Doncic, uh, survived a very strange, I don't know, I guess it's not that strange with how weird he's looked at times this season. First half, he had six turnovers, didn't really shoot the ball that well, and then precisely decided to go, uh, absolutely nuclear on the Memphis Grizzlies, uh, in the second half. I think he scored eight of his, eight of his 10 baskets in the second half, and all eight of his makes were two point shots. Um, just really looked like a cheat code. It was the first time in a while I can remember. Luka Doncic, It was very fun. I would like more of cheat code Luka Doncic. But on top of that, what kept them in the game was really, really spectacular defense. Um, granted, the Grizzlies just didn't hit shots. Uh, and at, at certain points, you know, there was they had eight more attempts in the first quarter and just weren't able to knock them down. Sometimes you got to get lucky that way. Uh, Lord knows we've seen that happen to the Mavericks where they just couldn't hit the broadside of a barn, but I don't really know what more to say about this game other than the fact that I had a great time and I would, uh, I would in- encourage everyone to go watch again if they have the opportunity. So let's fly through some folks because it's late. Um, I have to go to a five-year-old's best, two basketball games tomorrow morning. So, uh, I would like to move, uh, along with stuff, but I'm going to bring up folks, uh, in order, um, coming up first, uh, Three-time repeat uh, visitor, Mr. Uh, Zach. How you-, uh,
3: you? know, it's great to be a fan. Of it is good to be a fan. Uh, I, I will tell you, I did I did I did tweet right after uh, Luca missed that corner three after the swing, swing, swing. Sure. Because if you remember, after the uh, after the the Bulls game, whatever game it was, I was like, yo, he's not trying hard until he feels like he owes something. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just part of maturity but like we knew he was going to turn it on because he he loves his teammates and that's actually you know huge positive huge win Mavs do whatever in the playoffs I don't care Luca loves his team they seem to really like playing with each other I would genuinely disappoint be disappointed like a small part of you would be disappointed if pretty much any of the major role players get traded and I haven't been able to say that for a while yeah as a as a fan you know I want to like the team and, and I want the team to win, but I want to like the team kind of a little bit more. Sure. I want them to win, and they're they're good dudes. And man, Theo Pinton was hysterical. And man, Jalen Brunson's face after the Luca, uh, you know, behind the back pass where he just does the the screen face is just incredible. Watch that highlight. Absolutely hysterical.
1: Yeah, that Luca pass, like delete, like what a walk off homer that was. He gets his tenth assist on an and one behind the back, like threading, you know. Space time to get that to, to Dwight Powell was that was nuts.
3: It, and, and I'll tell you something, it's kind of like how this podcast is a place where we kind of hang out with you, Kirk, and it's like you're, you know, we're hanging out at a bar. Yep. We're just talking and chatting. And that's like kind of how podcasts live in our brains. This team, even when they lose and we get mad at them, we still want to hang out with them.
1: I, I do not want to hang them. out with some of them. You're very kind. I would yell at them and then they would punch.
3: I mean, yes, but I'm not. I am. (laughs) No,
1: I know what you mean, though. You want to like the you want to like the guys that you spend as much time with.
3: And and especially after after, you know, Cato dropping his news back in June and all the and all the turmoil and stuff like that. It's just it's a blessing to have a a likeable team. And, um, you know, super props to Coach Sweeney, who's been who's been holding the fort down. We got to step into someone's shoes. We've all had jobs. We're all people.
1: Know, I like, have no, a spicy no. take about Sweeney, but I might hold it.
3: All right, I can wait. So, well, thank you for joining. You got anything else for us? No, I just it's 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 wonderful when the Mavs win. Uh, thank you, Kirk, for being here when they lose and when they win. And again, it's 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 part of maturity. Luca needs a little bit more motivation, and I think that you know when we see motivated Luca, we see good Luca. Um, obviously there's a tipping point and I actually feel just really good about that. He's 22. And I, I when I was 22, I was a freaking knucklehead, man. Mm. So here the mm. for that.
1: I, uh, when I was 22, I once slipped down the DC Metro escalators and had a barcode style scab down the, down my back for about I'll a month do, and a half. I'll
3: do you one better. I dove for a loose ball in a rec league and dislocated my shoulder in four places. So. <laughs> good God! <laughs>
4: oh man,
1: well, looking forward to you coming back. Thanks, Zach. Yes,
3: sir, thanks for having me on.
1: Mm-hmm. All right, coming up next, Benny. How are you, Benny? Hit that unmute button for us and uh let us know how you're doing tonight.
5: Hey, how you doing, Kirk?
1: Welcome. I'm good.
5: Pretty crazy. I've been listening to you for like almost three. Oh, years I'm now. sorry. <laughs> how are you? I don't- you say that, man, but I can tell you this much. There are literally fans who are hate the Mavericks, but they listen to Mads Moneyball solely because they know if it's coming out of Kirk or Josh's mouth and it's critical, it's probably true. So I got to give you guys that, man, because that's pretty impressive. I mean, you know, you'll, you'll be surprised how many people listen to you guys that – Aren't even Mavs fans just because they want to be able to get updates from a credible source? So I got to give you guys that. Uh, Appreciate that, Benny. On, yeah, no, but the reason I wanted to come on, man, is you know, looking at—I think this was huge for Luca uh, just because he had just gotten passed up by Jaw in the All-Star voting, and I've noticed with him, like, he always tends to show up in in, in high-profile games where the like the lights are brightest and all that. Um, I'm a season ticket holder. And so I feel a lot of games where this guy just absolutely gives up or if it's not going his way, he just kind of stops and is mentally not in it anymore. But I think tonight you kind of saw he started slowly, but with all the circumstances around the game, I think he was willing to fight through it. And it's like, what can we do on our end to ensure that he develops those habits that the, a game like this, he does that for all 81 games. Because right now, it's just so tough. Is He seems like he's kind of cool with coasting and coasting, and it's like, all right, I'll pick it up in the playoffs. But that could be the difference between being a fifth seed and a three seed. I, I, I totally agree. Didn't realize that, you know? I don't know how
1: they do it other than like this is where we and I think it's kind of a uniform take amongst the Dallas fan base that doesn't really agree on anything that getting Goran in the building is going to help a lot because Goran has held him accountable for a very long time and he has learned a lot of I don't want to say the wrong lessons because I don't think that's fair. It's disrespectful to his talent, but he's learned that he can do you know, B plus or, you know, B minus work and be fine and make an all, all NBA team. I mean, that's what made all this. And I was very frustrated by the, the the John Morant commentary the last several weeks, not because I think John's bad. He's an incredible player. I cannot wait to wait for him to sign up and play basketball with Team USA. But Luka's a, 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 like a far superior player. Like, this isn't – it's that's not a spicy take. Like, he just is. Like, maybe one day, but – I just don't see it because he's a bigger player capable of doing like a lot of the same basketball reads, maybe not the same level of like insane athleticism, but you know, they're talking for a week about how, how good a defender he is. And they just, they, they, they punished Morant tonight on defense and then he was tired on offense. Like it's, it's a lot to do anyways, neither here nor there about Morant, but they they need to, to, you know, he's got to find ways to make each basketball game interesting to him. You know, that was what Jordan was so good at. I mean, Dirk just seems to be, you know, he he could come out and do the same thing night in and night out. Like I think he liked the challenge in and of itself. Uh, Luca's got to find what motivates him every night. And he's been better than he was last year. I don't think we talk about that enough because they lost so many of those, those uh, games against bad teams last year that they've not really done this year. And so I think we got to give him some credit for that. Uh, even though I think that that's also coaching staff, but I just, I don't know how he's going to like continue to
5: motivate himself. Like, he's 22. (laughs) I mean, that's
0: what's,
5: that's honestly what's so tough. Is I was watching a YouTube video on on his rise in Europe, and like this kid was literally eight years old playing against 14 year olds. It's absolutely like he's, he's that kid that literally goes to a top school. Half-ashes, doesn't study as hard as he, as like some of the other students, and he gets the best grade in the class. And it's like, I think now he's at that point where he can only coast by his natural talent for so long, but I think the difference between being a top-ten player in the league and him being, you know, actually reaching his potential of being a top-ten player ever is, you know, that, that work ethic and that discipline. And I think it really comes down, like, I remember watching, uh listening to Von Miller, and he was saying the same thing about, like, DeMarcus Ware. Mm. Uh, he came. It was the exact same thing, man. Like, he was he ate horribly, he was partying all the time, all that. And then DeMarcus came in and was just on him and taught him how to be a pro. And you saw it in 2000. What did he do? Shuts down Brady. Goes mm. in there, shuts down Cam in the Super Bowl. And I think we like tend to try to treat these guys like they're like, they aren't human. They, 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 they have like the same struggles we do. And I think that accountability, because those habits just weren't built with Luca when he was, was a kid. It's maybe someone like Ja, who I don't know, I think he was like a two star who had like this crazy gross shirt. Yes. And so with him, it's like, so he's always been the wonder kid. And I just thought, that's why I'm like, I don't, I don't get why they don't see the value in doing everything possible to get Gore on here. Because even if he can't contribute necessarily right now, like on the, what he could do off the court Matters. Yeah. is, is a, worth every penny we can spend on it. And I don't, it's just frustrating because it seems like Mark Cuban is so set on trying to build this big three after the 2011 team. And he's gone away from what worked prior to that because you yeah. build a championship team, not on big stars, but getting the right guys in the locker room who are willing to buy in. But he like, just seems like he's so bought in. He doesn't he's not bought into that idea anymore. He, he turned this into some like media circus. And it's just for fun. sure,
1: for sure. And the Mavericks just have a different margin of error. Like I love that Memphis Grizzlies team. Like I love them. I love so many of their players and how they play. And it's not to say that I don't love certain Mavericks players, but it's just if the Mavericks are not going to excel in some of the margin areas, meaning draft, if they're not going to do free agency well, and they expect Luka to continue to carry them, which I think is just kind of the way this is going to be, then they have to find other ways to improve in different margins. And it can't always be internal development. And it's got to be other things, which is why, you know, I was wrong when I wanted them to get rid of J.J. Barea. Barea mattered a lot, and he should have been on last year's team. I think it would have made a difference. Um, and that's why it's the same stance with uh, with Coran Drogic.
5: No, absolutely. Well, that's all I got for you, man. I don't want to – I could sit here and talk to you forever, but I'm sure you got a huge line. So just thanks for uh, giving me a chance to, you know, finally be able to talk, and uh, I'm going to be able to go and listen to you guys uh, from now to the future. All right. Thanks for joining us, Benny. Hope you come back. Talk soon. All right. Have a good one. You too.
1: Okay, coming up next, let's go with Ike. haven't seen you in here in a while. Ike, how you doing? I'm good, Kirk. How you doing? I'm great. How you doing tonight? Little, Speak up a little bit.
6: Oh, sorry about that, man. Just There we go. It was, it was a great fucking win. Um, I-, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we are street busters, so I, I had a good feeling going into it. Um, and I think most importantly, I don't, I don't know. I, I know not many of us watch the pregame, but I was really just laughing to myself how, you know, many of these ESPN analysts are like prisoners of the moment, and, and you know the, the dumbass question like, "Oh, who would you take right now, Ja or or Luca?" <laughs> and it was a consensus Ja. And it's like, those like it's games,
1: bizarre. Like what planet are we on?
6: Right. It, it was so weird. I just laughed and. And I think with this game, Luca kind of like reminded everyone, like, "Nah, don't forget about me." Yeah, I might not be playing to these extraordinary standards that I have set for myself at 22, but I'm gonna be that guy. And you know, even though the, the three point shots weren't falling, and you know, he really played like shit in the first half with the turnovers. Like when he turned it on, it was it was a <laughs> it was a scary sight. <laughs> I kept screaming. I
1: mean, if head he head. hit. If he hit two three-pointers, if he shot his, like, season average, I mean, I guess slightly above, but if he'd have hit two of six three-pointers, like, game like, would have been blown wide open so much earlier. Like, it was just so disgusting. Like, I don't understand how we have this conversation. Like, Ja is an incredible athlete, and he is going – I like, it, it – it, he made he's going to make the southwest so much fun. Like I'm really disappointed he and Luca actually haven't played against one another more because of it just it just hasn't happened if you actually go back look back in the last um last 3 years and it, that one was a lot of fun and I I, I cannot wait to see more of it because cause both teams like they were without uh Dylan Brooks and Brooks gives Luca a hell of a time because Brooks is basically a professional wrestler who plays basketball. Um <laughs> but it, you know that happens every game. This is this is fun. I just loved it.
6: I did, too. I mean, just seeing Luca just play bully ball, like whoever just switched up on him, like, no, nah, no, nah, I got this. Let me show him a little something. It was just a beautiful thing to see. And, you know, it's it's kind of crazy like with, you know, the defensive effort, and of course, you know, Memphis was just missing a lot of shots, too, but um, yep. you could see just the, the scrambling defense and, and the rotations were a lot better. crisper has the game went along, so that was good, but I think this is just even more of an indication that, you know, a move needs to be made. And, and, and I guess I'm confused with a lot of fellow fans who I I get the emotional ties to some of our players and stuff like that. But it's like, again, not to sound like a broken record, like we have seen this movie before. So we know what the ceiling is with this team. And, um, you know, I I don't know. I'm just gonna stand on on that on that soapbox or that horse until hopefully they make some type of a mood. I don't even care if it's lateral or not. Just to kind of stir. But, uh,
1: I think that I, I'm gonna be very curious as to what happens in the next several weeks because I still see various levels that this team could go to. Because if you you, you we've and I'm sure you've heard us talk about it, like Porzingis is playing a fairly inefficient game for him. He's getting the free throw line more, which is helping offset how poor his three-point shooting is. If he just even returns halfway to where, you know, between his career average and where he is right now, they're just going to be a juggernaut on offense. Um, and Tim Hardaway, one day, I just, I can't see him being this cold this long. I don't know. Maybe i I think I might be wrong. Just I, But it's wild, right? It, it's, it's just, there's levels this team can get to, but... Then again, you know, it's not like everybody is always going to play this great. Like Brunson is going to be a consistent player. Dorian's just been playing out of his mind. His his numbers tonight weren't great, but he was probably second most important Maverick on the floor. Did play really solid defense. But I'm just, I don't know. I I think you're probably right that they have to do something. I think I want them to do something, but I'm just also thinking that with the the level of sort of non-assets that they have in terms of you know, you're going to make a lateral move at best that they might just want to hold on to everybody. And I think that'll drive our fan base crazy, but if you don't have picks, you can't really do a ton.
6: Yeah, I mean, you know, that that, that is a fair point, but I guess what I would counter is, you know, what is what is the goal? Is the goal just to, you know, get past the first round? Okay, then maybe that's a toss-up with going with the same, the same team that we've had these last three years, but again, we, we've kind of seen that movie before, or do we want to kind of break through and kind of raise the ceiling uh, of our team while, you know, we still, as far as the core around, like, I guess, you know, Luca and whoever, we kind of decided, you know, Brunson stays, if KP stays or whatever, is, 25 or um players, you know, still relatively a relatively young core if we're going to build around that. But I, I will say, you know, I'm pretty happy with the, uh, a seemingly new rec- reclamation project in uh, Marquise Chris. And if if he could stay out of foul trouble, I think he would be on the floor more, but I think he's proven more and more that he needs to, he needs to have some more time. So I won't hog up any more time, uh, but thanks for having me on, man.
1: It's been a while. Sure thing. I appreciate you coming up. Uh, somebody in the chat, multiple people are like, hey, what's going on with KP? And um, I've forgotten this, but somebody pointed out the other day that he's anemic um and that could be a part of why he is not back right yet like he was still testing positive for covid uh very recently um and that like i don't necessarily think from the the kind of digging around i've done i don't necessarily think he has like bad symptoms but he's still testing that way which is just not great i don't know um all right coming up next i am going to bring on Friend of the program and host of the Locked On Grizzlies podcast, Sean Coleman.
4: Hey, Sean, what's going on tonight, buddy?
2: So, Kirk, uh, nothing but mad respect for you. Uh, love your content and everything that you do. But, but tonight I'm not a big. That's fan okay. Of
1: yours. That's st- okay. I understand. Like when you get your when when you, when your team gets beat, and this is how I was after the Knicks just handed us our butts on Wednesday. I was just like I didn't want anybody.
2: Well, but 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 it goes further than that you you promoted the idea of me and Dalton being able to talk <laughs> with each other we wound up talking with each other and we talked through the third quarter and that was our unraveling kirk so i i don't know what magical powers you had this is why i named you voodoo mama juju in the setup that we had on twitter and you just you ran your voodoo and it worked Some out
1: southern southern discomfort between you and Dalton and a pair of regional accents which i could listen to <laughs>
2: well <laughs> that's kind of you. Uh so this Dallas defense, um I, I uh I forget who I talked with. Uh, this Dallas defense is legit. Like it it it's you know it's very good. Yeah, the, the Grizzlies they, they found they had some shots tonight, didn't fall. We were on fumes, you know that, that played a part. Um but this Dallas defense with in that third quarter over the past month, the Grizzlies had been the best team net rating-wise in the NBA. Y'all's defense stopped us and Luka took over. Y'all have your success to play with anybody in the league when that happened, and it was on display. I don't
1: I, – I, I'm going to need like, – like Steve Jones had a wonderful tweet thread sort of explaining like the base core of what Dallas is doing. I still don't get it because I've watched this same group of guys suck at defense for a very long time. And so to watch like Dwight Powell – not get owned for 25 minutes is something that i'm it's gonna it's it's gonna take time for my for like my brain to understand it because i just like i'm I'm waiting for the bottom to fall out and fortunately it hasn't
2: if anything it's improved well and, and the other thing that i'll say is this though is that just from watching us play against dallas when we, when we beat y'all in Dallas earlier this year, the two of the things that stood out for me, Jalen Brunson is legit a dude, and it's not just the play, it's the awareness. Like, where he cut in front of Jaron to keep Jaron from getting the chase down block on the Yeah, that was crazy. That was such a what? like, I thought that was an offensive
1: foul, but, you know, whatever
2: and the ball movement as well. But if that, if y'all are moving the ball, like y'all were tonight on offense at some points hitting, you know, hitting threes pretty decently. And then y'all are playing off Luca with Jalen Brunson. Like, you know, at the end of the day, I know they haven't played like it, but the talent is still there for this to be a good team. And I think they're going to keep things close with the Grizzlies in the second half, but always a pleasure. Th- thanks for letting me come up and talk for a minute, Kurt. Sure. See you next weekend. Cause the, the final
1: game of the four game series is next Sunday
2: now hell no. hey you know what there there may be you know at least four games in the future as well if uh, we if b- both teams keep trending the way that they are i look forward to it if it happens
1: sure thing buddy talk soon have a good night
2: you too bye-bye
1: bye okay coming up next sam's been hanging out for a while i'm gonna go sequentially in order from uh, i've been kind of cherry picking letting folks come up that i've not talked to in a while but uh sam what's going on buddy
4: Kirk, long time no talk. How you doing?
1: I am all right. I am wide awake at 12:30 on a Saturday morning, which is both great and
4: problematic. Hey, hey, trust me. I'm, I'm actually just getting over COVID myself, so uh, it's it's a uh, it's no joke. Like I, I, it wasn't horrible, but it sucked. No, well, but uh, I hope
1: you're feeling better.
4: Oh yeah, yeah. Hey, when the matters were like that, that will definitely uh, give me a little boost in the arm, if you know what I'm saying. Sure. So, but uh all in all, good fucking win. Um, you know, after the Knicks loss, it's kinda like, well, it happens. That's the kind of mood that I had. It's just like it's just one of those games. For some reason we can't beat the Knicks now. Like that's our new kings. We can't beat them. So whatever. But um I I like well I love stuff Luca. This is what we need. We need this for the rest of his career. Like like you said, he gotta he gotta have that. Mentality, like you know, just something just got to piss him off to motivate him. John passed him up, and all stuff. I don't know if he even cares about it, low key, but it's just okay. You think he's better than me? Let me go ahead and show y'all what it is. And yes. then, yeah, and, and if he could just keep doing that and just stay motivated for the rest of the season because it's kind of obvious to now to the point where you can tell when he actually gives a damn when he does not give a damn in most games, like even like the New York game, he was like, okay, he's he's not feeling it. Like, you could just tell he just he wasn't into it. And we just got to have that way to motivate him, like you said, so if we can get a go on drop just even get some type of bet that can say, hey, I've been in the league 15 or 10, you know, 12 years. I know what's going on. You know, you, you need to play like this. You need to just stay prepared like this to get yourself into peak performance. If we could just get somebody like that in the trade deadline, I think that would help this team out in the long run. And like the last guy said, no. Oh, the way everything's going right now, it's probably going to be a Memphis Dallas series in the first round, man.
1: Be really fun. I just don't want to like Dallas Clippers. Like we could play anybody else. I don't care. <laughs> just no Clippers, even though that seems to be not even a possibility. But uh, this was, this was just like the, the Grizzlies are, you know, they, they played eight games in 12 nights. Like that has to matter. Like my buddy, Matt Moore is, is being snippy with me in some um, chat exchanges that we're having right now. And, I get it cuz by the time the Mavericks play the Grizzlies next week they have a doubleheader two they play a back-to-back Wednesday Thursday like there's just like the Mavericks play six games in uh nine nights um, starting including this one so there's like a lot of basketball to be played and so you know the Mavericks could be on the the the, the bad end of a shit kicking eight days from now so we'll 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 see but for now I'm just I'm going to enjoy the win because the discourse was ugly because I just so love watching the Grizzlies play basketball, but like you change out Morant and Luca on that, on that Grizzlies team. And this Grizzlies team is an NBA finals contender. Like, I don't know what's, you know, it's not even a question. Like it's Luca is five, like four and a half inches taller. Like that just matters over the course of, of, of a thing. And I don't know. I, I, I hate to, I hate like player comp stuff like this. It's just, like the Grizzlies are a a superior basketball team, like top to bottom in terms of player talent. They're younger, but the 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 Lucas is a better player. And more often than not, that matters in, in at least one off NBA game. So this is just it was wild to watch Lucas go nuts tonight. It just it's been a while because I I wrote in my recap, he's played the ugliest twenty-five, eight, and nine basketball season I could have possibly imagined.
4: That's so crazy because like it doesn't even feel like it. It's like People are like, oh, I mean, I've seen it this year, too, obviously. he's He's been, he hasn't been horrible, but it's just like, man, he's averaging 25, 8, and 9. Like, what? Yeah. (laughs) Like, it doesn't feel like it. That's how, you know, that's how high his expectations have been just as far as what he's, the way he's played the last couple of years. So, Mm -hmm. you know, in one sense, that's his fault. But, you know, obviously, when you play the way that he played, your first team All-NBA, two out of the first three years of your career. And then get those expectations. So That's right. at the end of the day, like I said, great win. Um, hopefully KP gets back soon, and then we just got to take it from there. But, yeah, can't complain about it. I'm not going to be mad about it tonight.
1: That's right. Well, thanks for hanging out. I really am glad you're feeling better. hope you join us tomorrow night because we play the Magic. Yes, sir. All right. Talk soon. Here's a question for the chat, and I don't know why this is in my head, but watching Jalen Brunson run and the little, like, like shifty stuff he does with his hips, um, where he just like freezes guys, it gives me like extreme NFL running back vibes where he's like in the hole and cutting. And I can't think of who he reminds me of right now. And it is driving me crazy, but I, I just love watching Brunson go downhill. It's really fun. Um, he's just so like, uh, I, I was, you know, you guys listened to me long enough. I crushed him last year. because I didn't like how much he shot, but now he's just, he's a point guard. It's incredible. Ooh, yeah, someone said he's the shorter James Harden with the shiftiness. I like that. That's a fun one. That's a really fun one. Okay, um, coming up next, let's go to friend of the program, Jose. How you doing, Jose?
7: <clears throat> hey, Kirk, how you I'm doing? I'm good.
1: You sound like you just smoked a pack of Marlboro Reds. What's going on?
7: <laughs> nah, <laughs> I haven't drank water in a minute, so.
1: <laughs> well, I'm drinking some vodka, so so let's, let's, let's take a drink and talk.
7: Mm, not much. I'm not. Well, the first quarter, it was a extremely sloppy game. I'm I'm not gonna lie. I had drank a Red Bull, like maybe eight o'clock. And I was able to get through the first quarter. Second quarter, I I was passed out. And I woke up with a minute left. So I don't, I don't know a single thing that happened in the second quarter. (laughs) But besides, like the the ending of course, and I was like, oh shit, it's it's getting chippy. I uh, I seen um uh, the timeline talking about how Moran was standing over Maxi and staring him down, and how um Dwight Powell up, slapped somebody and caused them to bleed. I was like, oh wow, this this is a playoff series. <laughs> it was the most and- Dwight Powell like
1: slap foul
7: i could possibly imagine
1: like it was it's the sort of thing in pickup that would have caused a fight like it it was like kind of a reckless hand swing and he just just absolutely caught the guy at the right point in the head
7: <laughs> oh man I, I wish i was i was able to see it but the the third quarter what really interests me is just how Luca took over the game after turning the ball over five times in the first half, I was like, man, that that cannot happen in the second half, especially with this Grizzlies team who are just like they're not going to back down. You, you've seen it uh, tonight that this team will keep coming at you. And once Luca took over, it's like he took the energy out of the Grizzlies. That, that was really interesting to see. Also, something that, that I really liked was, uh, Brunson driving. And I, I, I'm really appreciating, uh, Brunson starting with Luca. I'm not sure how KP's gonna fit. Uh, <laughs> and Tim Hardaway went five of 14, three of nine from three. And Tim Hardaway, just his shots, I felt like was, Draining the the offensive momentum of the yeah, team. Yeah,
1: he took some really bad shots that didn't crush them.
7: Yeah, so I I don't know what's gonna happen in these next couple of weeks. I think the Knicks got a steal for Cam Reddish. If if I'm gonna be honest, I, I think they got a really good steal. I got man,
1: uh, that boy is a <laughs> tall wooden. You know, like, what our man Yoda said, like, compared him to Tracy McGrady. McGrady was a fucking athlete. Like, Reddish is huge, and I would love to have had him on our team. But that guy has tight hips, doesn't move as well as he ought to for a guy. Like, he's a ball handler. He was point guard in high school, did a lot of, like, ball distribution stuff. He's never going to get to do that in the NBA. I don't understand what he's unhappy with. The Hawks are good, and he's going to go to the Knicks, and he's not going to get to play anymore there.
7: Oh, well. (laughs) uh also uh, a quick note on on the Grizzlies they started nine and ten and look where they're at now I I know we just beat them but that that's a amazing turnaround and I was hoping that would be the Mavs right now
1: well you know I think they've gone something like 21 and five since starting nine and ten I can't do the math like in my head but they've they've been incredible and What we can hope for is what we've seen realistically because, and I don't know, I've I've bitched about this before, but the Mavs fans who, like, when the Mavericks were playing like crap are now kind of, like, crowing, like, the team played like crap. It's okay to say that a team played like crap. The defense that we're seeing now is the thing that's really what's surprising to me because I didn't – we've just watched this group of guys. So to see them do this is not something I could have really ever expected. And what it – you know, says to me is how much defense is like a team, you know, cohesion and trust activity as much as it is like scheme. And if there's an upside to these guys having played way too many games together, it's that they all understand one another.
7: Right, right. This this defense is, is something that I, I hope stays around for years to come because, man, uh, Dallas and, and defense <laughs> don't, <Yeah>. don't <laughs> coexist for I don't know. They just don't coexist. But uh, all right, Kirk, one one question. Memphis and Dallas, will they go down as one of the most underrated playoff series uh, uh, along with the Mavericks and Clippers for the last season?
1: I don't know, because for them to play each other, one of the two teams would have to fall. Um, they're, what, three and five right now? So the Mavericks would have to fall to six. And they'd have to stay, or the, you know, or it'd have to be like another four, or five matchup. I'm not really sure. I would love to see it though. I think the 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 variety of things you would see in that series would be really fun.
7: Right, right. I I just think Jaw and Luca in the first or second round would would just be great basketball all around. Sure. But thanks, Kirk, for bringing me up. Talk to you later. Sure thing, man. Talk soon.
1: All right. Coming up next, friend of the program, Jason Gallagher and his incredible hat, wherever he is in Burlington Coat Factory or whatnot in the photo.
8: It's Target. We <laughs> go over this every time. It's Target. <laughs>
1: How, so tell me what you thought of Maxi Cleaver tonight. I know he's your
8: favorite. I don't want to freaking talk about Max. Okay. <laughs> tonight I want to talk about discourse and takes. Okay. Our boy Tim Cato out there throwing heaters just straight up being like you guys are wrong luca is better than Jaw." just boldly proclaiming it and i'm not saying i'm not saying it's like a, a unique thing for twitter but it's a kind of a unique thing for for like media people to be like boldly saying well, especially for tim tim doesn't say shit like that and what i would say is that is that I want more of this. Whatever it might be. I want to hear freaking Verno and Memphis being like, actually, Luka sucks. Is Jalen better than Luka? I don't know. But I want these types of takes. Mm. And this is the best part of sports. You said you don't like player comps. I love player comps. I got on Twitter tonight, and I saw too many people being like, why can't we just appreciate these players for who they are? Nah. To hell with that. I like comparing these players. And the one thing that gives me... Great joy as a Dallas fan is that Luca keeps getting compared to whatever young hot player is in the league in the given moment and they say is Luca better than next player is Luca better than next player and I think that is a great sign for Dallas that Luca is the constant and the young X player is the thing that keeps rotating in and out man see the reason
1: I don't like it and I think you can understand this is that. We lived through the Dirk discourse, which was always bad. I had, um, who was it? Uh, I should check my mentions. But, you know, one of, the, one of the old Deadspin guys over at the Defector basically saying, because it's like, like, Twitter, like Twitter, if it had existed during Dirk's prime in a way that it's like, now nah, everybody hated Dirk. Because the way Dirk played basketball is not for the Hoopers. And I know it's kind of like depending on what segment of, of, you know, who you choose to follow and listen to, but like the discourse around players who are not wildly athletic gets fucking gross and I don't like it like the fact that the that the nuggets coach had to talk about how unsexy of a game jokic plays which was like it's like factually fucking wrong jokic is incredible just because a guy's not soaring doesn't mean it's not fun to watch like i love watching the differences in styles of basketball that's what makes it so incredible like john moran is going to give himself a concussion by smacking his face on the top of the backboard one day like it's just incredible to watch dudes play and so like i don't i don't know i it it I, I suppose I'd like it in in terms of big picture discussions, but like one of the things that happens with the national TV people, Jason, and you know this, is they don't watch any fucking basketball. That
8: it's obvious. True. That is true. That is very true. But but the only thing I would say to that is is that I think that your Dirk example is a good point. But I think you know we got to experience a really rare thing in which a player proved a bunch of dumbasses wrong, which mm. was up, which made it a little bit sweeter. It made it a little bit sweeter. You know what? If if for, you know, for some reason, Ja and Luca play each other in playoffs. One of those players is going to win, and their their fan base gets to be loud as hell. Even though, even though we know, you know, that Memphis might have uh, a, a much more stacked set of uh, players next to Ja, but still, it's so much more fun when people are out here arguing. So yes. I am arguing for arguing. That is what I'm here to do, and I want to shout out Tim Cato for just being like, you know what? To hell with it. I'm just tweeting my feelings tonight. I'm sh- I, I would be willing to bet knowing him he's had several drinks while he while he tweeted that one. Um, and I love it. And I'm just here for it.
1: Well, thank you for joining us, buddy. You got anything you want to
8: promote while you're here? Promote? No, I, do, I want to promote this. Uh, this. Uh, you want to promote, promote
1: the film. the angry argument discourse. I like it.
8: <laughs> I'm, not, I'm here to promote you, Kirk. All I'm right, here buddy. to promote you. That was a great game. Yeah, thanks for hanging out. See you, bro. Yep.
1: Um, we're 40 minutes into this. I can get off my hot take now. Sean Sweeney is a better coach than Jason Kidd. Do not at me. I don't know. I don't know if I believe that. I don't actually believe it. I, I just know that I like the more activity I see from Sweeney. Jason Kidd gives me like the clapper vibes where he's just often standing there. I think the rotations have been a little bit better too, but I do know that kid and Sweeney and the whole coaching staff is actually pretty cohesive in a way that I'm not sure was the case with Rick Carlisle, who clearly he and Mosley were not seeing eye to eye by the end of things. And to go from a head coach to an assistant coach and to continue strong play just speaks to how well things are going. And I, I like that. Um, coming up next. Let's go with Brandon. What's happening.
9: Yeah. Hey, Kurt, can you hear me? I can. What's up? Well, okay, before I get to my actual point, I'm shocked we haven't gotten to the one play that was a microcosm of the Mavs season where we somehow managed to brick four consecutive three-pointers. That play physically harmed me.
1: Like, I have you ever... Like, I, I had taken a drink at the start of the play and, then like, kept the drink near my mouth and then just sort of continually drank as they were shooting and missing, which re- – and because it was, like, a 14-second possession, just basically chugged a drink during, like, slowly.
9: And it – like, that was horrifying. <laughs> and I'm so glad it didn't catch up with them in the end. Oh, your poor body. That, I mean, yeah, take a shot every time they brick a three on that possession. <laughs> Yep, Greg points out that Bullock did so. Like Bullock
1: got three offensive rebounds in one possession. I would be pissed. It's like, it's like Tim Hardaway is just like, I have no conscience. I will fire again. While Luca's up there at the top of the
9: key with, like, hello, pass me the ball. It was great. I mean, that's the thing. Tim does not understand that if we get an offensive rebound and it ends up in his hands, it does not have to be immediately shot as a three pointer from wherever he is currently standing. Yeah. Um, (laughs) the actual point I wanted to, to talk about was of course, Luca, I am hoping, you know, fingers crossed, whatever, that this is a small turning point for him this season, because this wasn't this, this is the same game he's been playing, you know, since he's come back the same shots he's been getting up. The difference is he just made the floaters and the fadeaways instead of breaking them. So I'm hoping that maybe he's getting into slightly better shape game by game. Some of the touches coming back, he can make some of the floaters, and you know we're not having an eight for twenty-five every single night. Sure. Um, so I, just because by the end of the season, come hell or hell or high water, we need him to be in some form of shape last playoffs well so so here's here's my comparison point
1: for this so i brought this up in the last podcast and i'm just gonna i'm gonna probably bring it up fairly often the memphis game last season where they lost on the road with luca looking like he had pink face the whole game he was clearly you know well well let's just be generous let's say he had the meat sweats is what he had and they won that game anyways with him with that like ridiculous shot I think it was, but it was like, oh, my gosh, it didn't need to be this way. Um, and and it's it's just, no, no, I think they lost that game. I'm getting all these damn games confused. We watch too much basketball. But he looked terrible, and that was close to the end of the season. And then he comes out against the Clippers and looks like just a video game character. So there, there's a point in time where he will really opt to take it super seriously, Um my my wife is more astute in this sort of thing she thinks he looks better than even you know 4 games ago whenever or whenever he came back like in terms of his physical and
9: that's just going to take time win takes time
1: i think he'll get it you know it's it's game 42 there's plenty of games left
9: oh for sure and i mean the the reinjured ankle and then you know covid i don't know how bad he had it but uh i mean that that's only delayed it because last season Obviously, he came in apparently 260 as well. It seemed like he got into a at least a competent level of shape a lot sooner. But, I'm again, I'm sure this ankle injury is just throwing everything off. So yeah. I, I'm just hoping that this is a, a small corner that he's turned that he can actually start reliably making some of those mid-rangers because, boy, is he still going to take all of them. Sure, for sure. I agree. Well, thanks for joining us, Brandon. Anything else? Uh no, just uh vibe and let's kill the magic tomorrow and get out early.
1: <laughs> Love that. I agree. All right, talk soon. Okay, coming up next, we have a couple of folks. Uh, my friend Sean here, who has just been throwing flames in in the chat for a while. Sean, what's up? Hit that unmute button. Don't argue with them. Come talk to me. Hit the unmute. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um. Yeah. Yeah. So. <sighs>
10: Wow. Well, I I just want to, I just want to point out, I mean, do you really think that KP coming back is going to make us a better team? Like, that's my question. I, I just personally think that, I just personally think that I think we're a better team on defense with Chris coming off, off the bench. And I think that we can, you know, kind of apply pressure, play man on man offense and man on man defense. And, with uh, KP, you know, out there, he's going to, you know, we're going to be forced to like go to zone and then he's just going to be become like a barn door right there. His
1: movement skills this year are far improved from last year. He will never admit it. He will never admit it, but he was hurt the whole year. He came back too early from that meniscus and he didn't have confidence. And then pair whatever, you know, his, like, cause he he's just like he strikes me as a man who won't accept reality. And it took him a while to get to where he is. He just like looks way better. The defensive numbers are better with him. He's moving better. I'm not sure about where I'm more curious is the offense because he demands post ups, and since they have gone away, like, even though he's actually been pretty good on post ups this year, really good actually. Um, he still does things like meander in the middle of the lane like a cow in the middle of the road and fucks things up that way and. Because his shot just doesn't – it's not falling like it was last year. Um, I still think there's time to rebound that, but I'm not sure. It's like the Knicks game is kind of a good, good like, comparison point because when Luca wasn't hitting and neither were the other Mavericks because the Knicks played good defense, there was simply no other outlet for shooting, and then the game just went terribly. And, and I think Porzingis, like, raises the floor. Now – the dirty little secret about Porzingis that he won't accept and then a lot of Mavs fans don't really like to hear and that are more casual fans is that he is closer to a role player than a star, but I think he adds a level to the Mavericks. I I, I don't know if he controls it's, – it's just a dicey thing for me because I've I've been so brutal on him that sometimes I'm not really the best person to ask because there have been like times over the last two years where I have quite reasonably – like right now, I, I think if they could trade him, I think they should. I just don't know if they actually can.
10: Right, right, yeah, yeah. The offense is the biggest question, especially since it seems like in the fourth quarter, every time you put him in, he starts taking thirty-five footers with like <laughs> out of rhythm, with no one other the to to actually, you know, like rebound these these balls of results, and you know, just like a horrible plus-minus as always, you know. So,
1: I mean, I I just want to get rid of him. I, I just think we're we're a better team without him. Oh, there's a lot of people who are just done watching him because yeah. it's. Like, he and Luca just have not – they played right up until the Mexico City game against the Pistons where they just destroyed the Pistons two years ago was one of the pinnacles, and then they played so well in the bubble up until he hurt his knee, and they've just been chasing aspects of that together where – I think people forget, and and I, I've seen some weird shit in the Dallas media where they're like, oh, this is the best KP has ever played in a Dallas uniform. People need to go look at how good he was from mid-February 2020 right up until the season stopped. He had nine 30-point games. He was unbelievable. And he's just a different guy now. Like, he's had a lot of injuries. It's, 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 it's okay. It's okay not to be the same guy. I just, I don't know what it's, it's such a challenging discussion with him because I think he does help raise their floor to a degree, but I'm not sure how much he expands their ceiling.
10: Right. And the last thing I'm going to say is, I mean, it honestly breaks my heart, but today when, you know, Marquise Christie hit that three and it, it just, you know, it was becoming to me that he's shooting 50% from three right (laughs) at that moment. And right at that time, I was like, Okay, so, and I, I've been doing the math over the past couple of weeks, and the most we could actually offer him is a veteran minimum. Uh, I'm sorry, a veteran minimum. Mm-hmm. And yep. he can get probably more it, pretty much anywhere else.
1: I mean, I'm not sure on
10: like the. Not in
3: season.
1: Team. Not in season. Not in no. season. So even mm-hmm. if you have cap room. I don't think that many teams have cap room. Like, cause you have to have both cap room and a roster spot. True. I mean, like, for him, the best bet for him, earnestly, and then CBA Mavs, Scott's down there in the chat talking about it, the best bet for him is to play up his value on a good team and then go sign somewhere else in the offseason. And that's, like, that's, like that's a using, you know, that's, like, two parties getting the best out of a situation, you know, where they are able to, you know, the Mavericks are able to get something from him, and then he's able to get something from the Mavericks, which is reestablished an NBA career. I mean, that's a win-win for me. I'm not really looking in the long-term. Like, the, the I don't re- – I know he's okay. Like I think he's pretty good, but it's it's. I just want them to get to the playoffs this year, and then 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 we deal with that as it comes. Because like the longer term stuff, I'm just not that I'm not that interested in it at the moment. I see. I mean, good. I great. understand why you would want to lock him up though. Yeah, oh yeah, he's he's amazing. But uh, that's all I have. All right, thanks for joining. Appreciate you. Oh, thank you. Mm-hmm. Okay, Brandon, what's up, buddy? How you doing? Hit that unmute button. There hey,
7: what's up?
11: you know it's it's tough to be a cynic after a it is. game because it was it was great to it was great to watch us even you know even if them coming off of four and five and or whatever back to backs you got to come out and win right you got to still win second half down you know coming out down five it's a big deal to come out and win um defense looks good i'm nervous about the trade deadline, just because I think that they're going to try to dump either Jalen or Dorian or somebody if they can't get rid of another contract because of the tax. You can go think, $90 million see, over the tax.
1: You guys were talking about that, but there's like, I don't know how to, like, if Mark even were to go over the tax for this team, then what everyone should do is invest in time-traveling technology and go back and kill him right before <laughs> he decides to eject everyone in 2011. Because I found all his quotes about why he didn't want right. to go into the tax in 2011, and it turns me into a fucking lunatic. So I get like, I get where you're saying where you're like, do you really want them to overspend for this team? I don't because it would lock them into it forever, but at the same it'd be, time...
11: I agree. I, just, I, I, don't, I don't think they will. The are. I don't think they will overspend for the team, though. That's the problem. And I think it'd be one thing if like Dorian Finney-Smith and Jalen Brunson don't look like they're second and third best players, but right now they're their second and third best players on the team yeah I know KP's coming, but but the problem we have with KP isn't what KP's doing it's that k p is dwight it is, is, should be playing for dwight Powell, but he's playing for Maxi cleveland mm-hmm. and kP would be great if he accepted just being an awesome role man who can stretch yep. the floor in those situations but but we're playing twenty minutes a game where he's not where he's playing as a stretch four where well, he's once he, just the, the play. Whole he stretch four. yeah like he, he, or he doesn't and, and, play for forty percent of the game, right he's yeah, play like, fifty games a year. There's always
1: an excuse, and I'm sorry that he's out for COVID and whatnot. And he's missed eight more games. Like I don't blame him for that, but it's like at a certain point the math exists where it's like he he has not played more than 55 or something percent of a season in a long time, and it's just like that has to matter, and it's very frustrating.
11: Right, and I just don't know. Like the options are trade Tim Hardaway, which you know hopefully his contract is as at least friendly. But but what are we you know what are we doing? Next year, I know that this year is the year, but we're not a contender this year, right? We get out of the second round, depending on the matchup, maybe, right? With Luca going super, superhuman or whatever that he has to do, um, and he's starting to look better, and that's a good sign. But once we get to that point, right? What do, what's, the, what's the options that we take, right? We have to either clear cap space somehow so that we can have flexibility to make moves, because over a tax team, you don't have the same level of flexibility as you do if you're an under under the tax team. And, you know, the rumors in the media right now, Miles Turner and John Collins, like, God love those players. But like, what are you doing to get those guys? And if you can, you know, Nico can, you know, I'll I'll adopt I'll adopt Nico and name my next kid after him. But but like, there's just not really I just don't know what their options are. It's just another one of those like how many guys are going to be in our trade rumors that we're going to be the second place team runners up to just we can be. Satisfied when we sign Jalen Brunson to a $25 million a year contract and let Dorian Finney Smith go because we don't want to pay the mid-level exception, right? That's yeah. It. But I
1: mean, it's like, that's the sort of stuff where me as a person who runs a website, I mean, I'm, I am like light level media, I suppose in some instances and, and it's patches where media, yeah, I think <laughs> it's where like the, the local media at that point has to hold Mark Cuban accountable for shitty ownership if that happens. Like, there's just not really any other way around it, because it's just, like, you get a generational player, and, like, Dirk might accomplish more, but Luca is, like, Luca could fall off the planet today and would be an NBA Hall of Famer because of his international contributions. Like, it's just, he has the opportunity to be a
11: different dude than Dirk. Like, way, like, top ten all time. Dirk had an opportunity to be better than he was if we'd have put a non-OJ Mayo roster around him. Sure. Oh yeah. No, I, yeah.
1: Oh, I absolutely agree with that. But it's just like for, for, for Cuban to mess up the, the the Luka Doncic era is something like messing up like Larry Bird. Right. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it's like LeBron and and what happened in Cleveland, his first go around. The only reason that he went back there is because he wanted to, it had nothing to do with like ownership or anything like that. and, you just don't need to let it get to that level. And I, I, this is why we've crushed them for off seasons for a while, though. I will admit that if you trade three draft picks to go get Luca and KP, you're kind of hamstrung
11: to a degree, but I don't right. know. I mean, I mean KP has been the unfortunate thing. That's still not a bad trade in my look, in my book. No, right? no, at the you, time, like, you understand why they did it. I, I, I wish they wouldn't have done it. I didn't like it at
1: the time. because I was concerned about health injury, but I totally understand the logistics. Like, He's real, like, he's really talented. You bet on the opportunity to him, for him to be good. And he has been good. It's just, I don't know if, like, I'm not sure what living up to, to KP's contract actually means. I just don't have any sort of,
11: um, NBA rational- starter, Yeah, <laughs> 20 points per game. Maybe six, that's, that's six, what we're looking at.
1: 65, 65 games a year. Maybe. Is that like too high a bar? I think, I mean,
11: it might be, I don't yeah. know. Like, living up to contract is an important part. The good thing is, is without KP, we've been pretty good, right? We've played really good defense. The rotations and the, the scheme where kid doubles the actual most important player on their offense, which has been really good. I think somebody posted something on Twitter. I don't know who it was. can't remember. Um, where where teams aren't putting aren't getting high-scoring nights against us, it's because we're doubling their – Stock, I think, put this out there. But we're doubling the main score, right – Kid is at least taking an aggressive stance on defense. I think that makes a huge difference. When we played the athletic lineups, Reggie Bullock has been awesome. He's sort of this underrated guy because he doesn't, you know, he hadn't been shooting as well this season. But I think even tonight, you know, 10 and 9, but he had a, like, plus 26 or something crazy. He was great. Yeah, he played
1: a lot better. He's been playing a lot
11: better since. Our team looks good when we played the athletic wings. You know, I think that. Frank isn't getting as much playing time, but he's been really good. And if we lose some of that depth at the trade market, we could survive. So we'll see what KP comes back. You know, the team has got, we've got some upside with, you know, fat Luca getting better and stuff like that. But, um, you know, we'll see. I mean, I'm happy we won. I would have been sad if we lost the, the whole discourse before on ESPN was hilarious. I, I purposely listened to ESPN tonight and it was, it was funny that Jai is better than Luca because of his defense. Even though he did, he's terrible at defense,
1: and I think he's like, he's, he's supremely athletic, but like, like both lead guard people could always afford to be better at defense. It's just, I don't know right. if, if like, you know, super
11: talented dudes really want to be in some instances. Well, thank you for well, joining us. Yeah. Have a good one. Jason, you got to watch out to your kid next time. Oklahoma City. I saw those pictures on Twitter. God, that was funny. <laughs> I
1: was like, my, I, said, I should have asked him about that. All right. Talk
11: mm-hmm. soon. Have a good night. Yep. Yeah. Sink. Bye.
1: All right, so this has been a lot of fun. Um, you know, I see a lot of discussion about the tax in the in the chat. I do recommend go Google Mavs Moneyball CBA FAQ written by um, our guy Scott. There's a lot of of um, interesting and, and and smart information in there. The one thing I will say when it comes to you talking about like us as fans doing like fantasy team building is I encourage you to not give a shit about how much it costs the owner. It is not our money. We pay him that money by subscribing to cable, by buying clothes, by buying tickets. I don't care how much it costs. Mark Cuban put together a fucking championship team. I don't care what it costs. Please make it happen is my request. Um, and I think every, you know, it's it, the, the, They've tricked us by made it, by making us care what their money costs. Cuban's been doing it for 10 years, and he's embarrassed the Mavs repeatedly. He, at one point, suggested the Lakers should amnesty Kobe. Um, really disrespectful and not a smart thing to say. Um, it... it, it This sort of whole discussion sort of drives me crazy. I used to be there because I used to like to play Fantasy GM. I don't really like doing it anymore because I don't know shit about that sort of thing. I'm not good with trades. That's where Dalton and SI Dallas is really good. And, you know, Lauren likes to have fun with it. But, you know, I'm I'm not – it's just not my deal. So – Let's end with that. really fun game tonight. really fun discussion. Enjoy hanging out with you guys, win or lose or draw. Um, and we will be back in here tomorrow night, probably same ish time. Everybody, be good, and we will talk to you in a few uh, in a few hours, likely.
5: <laughs> Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com.